What is going on, everybody? I actually forgot to ping the channel here that we're going live, so just sent that. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at SaberSim.com. Second way, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord and want to get signed up, there's a link in the description of this video here you get access to our similar channels our individual sport channels and get access to the rest of the saverson team who is always in there helping people out and answering questions throughout the day but i uh, hope you guys enjoyed yesterday's show we had a nice fun show uh doing our nfl review show live for those of you who missed it max steinberg joined me for our weekly nfl review and we took we were able to take some questions and talk about a very interesting situation over the past weekend here, uh, Max even posted a thread and it got a lot of uh, views and responses. So if you're interested in in that, uh, go check that out over on X and, and see Max Steinberg's tweet. But for today, uh, we didn't do this yesterday, but we do have to announce the winners of our weekly Max Challenge. So I'm going to get this up. For, for those of you guys who aren't aware, we have been doing this promotion slash giveaway all NFL season here called the Max Challenge. We do it during the NFL season. Get access to weekly prizes, season-long prizes. You can sign up up here. There's still plenty of weeks left where you can get in on these weekly prizes here. Completely free to enter. All you got to do, follow these eligibility requirements down here on the bottom. And then we do have a version for owner's box as well. So check those both out. But we do have to announce the winners. So it looks like our highest scorer of the week here was none other than Celtics NC over on DraftKings with a sixth-place finish with 215.48 points. Congratulations on being our highest scorer of the week. You are going to get a Sabersome hoodie and an entry into our end of the season free roll. And then over on owner's box, our top finisher getting a Sabersome hoodie and a free month of ultimate is going to be Dark Knight coming in fourth place with 192.7 points. And looks like Dark Knight has now won two out of the last three weeks. So doing something right. So congratulations on the free months. Um, I don't know if you're going to get a hoodie twice. I think the hoodie only comes once there, but I will let our support team know and, and they will reach out to you and, and let you know what's going on. But I have the names here. I've, I've already copied and pasted all the people who maxed out week 11 here. Um, the link to this page is pinned in the office hours channel in discord. So if you're in our discord channel, you go to office hours up at the top, there's a little um, tack mark and just click that pin. And then you're going to see the link to this page so you can make sure that you are entered here sometimes there are a lot of mini maxes and we miss them so we always appreciate you guys double checking our work here and jumping over to our wheel of names i got these 192 names here so i'm going to spin to see who is our free who gets free entry into next week's mini max contest here so it looks like our winner is going to be miller times seven congratulations you are the winner for this week here and you are going to get free entry into next week's mini max. So appreciate you guys participating each and every week. As always here, still running strong, had 192 people in week 11 here still playing. So really appreciate you guys taking advantage of this promotion slash giveaway. It's, it's our biggest giveaway of the season every year, and we, we absolutely love running it. So we're going to jump back into our regularly scheduled office hours here, and I'm going to get started with the questions that came in. Uh, over the weekend here. So it looks like our first question 
came in from the great one here. Question says, just watch Office Hours video. Is there a way to create 5,000 lineups that only have greater than 0% ROI? And then he said, for instance, you know, you build a pool of 5,000, you run the contest sim, and then only in this example, 1,868 of them were positive. Sim ROI, I like that to be all 5,000. So uh, there's not a great way to do this. The only way you would be able to do this is well, really, the contest sim runs after the lineups are created, right? So the way this works is that we build your lineups. The lineups go into your pool. And then from those lineups that are in your pool, you run the contest sim. So there's no way to like pre-run the contest sim and then build your lineups. Like lineup building comes first, contest sim comes second. What you could do is, oh man, what could you do here? So this gets like pretty, pretty interesting. So what you could do, is you would have to run a build, run a contest sim. So then I'm going to, I have this 5,000 lineups, right? So I'm going to add a contest sim. Okay, I have a contest sim. I'm going to hit run. And then once this is done running, I'm going to apply my filter. Come on. All right. So it's done. So then I'm going to go to filters, add filter, show ROI greater than zero. So I'm saying I'm adding a filter that says show lineups with an ROI greater than zero. So then now I went from 5,000 lineups to 2,034. What I could do here is I could click the save to CSV button. And then I'm going to get an entries file. Well, not an entries file. I'm going to get a lineup file. So these are my lineups over here in these columns A through I. All of this is just additional summary information here. So what I would do is I would take this file and save it somewhere. And then I would basically do it again in a new build. I would do the same process I just went through. And then if I end up with 2,000 more lineups, then I can copy and paste those into that sheet and then basically create one big lineup file with like 5,000 lineups or more, open up a new build and then use the upload pool option to when, when I have enough lineups in my file, I could just bring them all into a single build with however many positive SIM ROI lineups I have at that point. So that is one way to do it that you could do it. So check that out and see if you could use that, but that's the only way I can think of to get a bigger pool of positive SIM ROI lineups. But good question. All right, next question here. I have a question, I'm new to this, but how do you use SaberSim properly? I'm seeing people win a lot of money, but I can't seem to win any, what, I, what can I do to improve it? All I'm doing is that do the contest SIM and then in the build settings, keeping everything the same and click build lineups. And I'm new to the Sims and DFS in general. Okay, so great. Hey, we're happy to have you here. We're glad that, you know, on your DFS journey that you chose SaberSim. So that's great. Uh, one thing that I do want to talk about here, right, is that in backtesting that we did last year, we learned that a winning player only wins about six to eight profit six to eight days in a calendar month playing 30 days. 
So a lot of people who are familiar with gambling are familiar with like poker, familiar with like sports betting. The bankroll trends and bankroll graphs look a lot different. So in like sports betting and poker, you're going to see like these like slow, steady, like climb of like stats up and down, up and down, up and down, but always kind of this upward trend, right? In DFS, it's a lot different. And this graphic displays it really well. So our seven keys to doubling your NFL DFS ROI video, if you go to like the two-ish minute mark here, you're going to see this graph. And this is a bankroll simulation for a season here. And what happens is that you have this, you have a bink, right? A bink just shoots you up and then it's lose, 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 lose until you bink again where you jump back up. So it's really these jumps that really determine was this a profitable season or was it not? And oftentimes it only really takes like one to two big spikes to make you a profitable player. Like we see this one right here. It's like kind of hard to see, but basically this person was losing for like a hundred days, maybe even like 130 days. And then they had this big bink that took them to almost five. They ended up with $5,000 in profit after about 150 days. So for a, from zero days to 130 days, they were a losing player. And then it wasn't until about day, like, you know, 140-ish maybe that they binked and then they went a little past 150 days. They had a small win. And then at the end of the season here, they ended up plus $5,000. So like, this is what I'm talking about when I say that it only takes one to two binks in a season to take you from a losing player to a winning player. So don't get too hard on yourself in these small sample sizes, guys. Uh, it's very, very normal to lose for like most of the time in DFS. You're going to lose rather than win, but you never know when that win is going to come. So you just got to stick in it. Contest selection, bankroll management are your best friends. And then um, I was actually talking about this with somebody in support today. So great process tips here. Write down your process one day. Just sit down, build, write it all down. Write down everything you did. When you have some free time after the slate ends, next day, whatever. Go to that document, justify every single thing you did, and then objectively analyze your reasoning. Like, hey, why did I do this? What was the reason for doing this? And is this actually adding value or is this just busy work? And then from there, you could figure out what pieces should stay, what pieces should go, and then refer to that document every time you build. Then after slates happen, Go into contest flashback for past slates here, which Max and I do every week and show you guys how to do that. So go to past slates and then go and analyze how our Sims, our post-contest Sims said you did. So go to the contest tab, go search for the contest you played. Maybe you know you're playing the $5 single entry, very normal contest to play, right? Come in here, search for your name, and then see what your sim ROI was and, and how you did. You know, Are you entering good lineups into this contest? And then objectively look at this and then figure out you know, how you combine this information with what you're doing in your process. You, know, you can even study the top lineups here. Like, hey, what lineups are grading out well? Why are they grading out well? Like that's everything that Max and I do week in, week out in this playlist. So if you want to see somebody else do it, you know, go to this reviewing past slates with contest flashback.
playlist here, we have 13 videos for one for NBA, one for NHL, and then plenty for NFL here. So check those out. But that is the process that I would be trying to follow to improve myself as a DFS player. All right. Another great, great question. All right. Got one here from Point Blank. And it looks like there was a little back and forth with GM33, but I'm happy to talk about this. Said, what kind of bankroll do you need where paying for ultimate makes sense? And then a follow-up from Point Blank was another bankroll question. What do you think about the strategy of adjusting your bankroll every morning? Depending on how you do, you will never actually go broke with this strategy. Seems basic, but it's not discussed in the profit plan. I don't think. And then GM33 responded, said, the 2 to 5% of your bankroll assumes current bankroll at all times, so you should definitely be adjusting regularly, not daily, since if you lost 3% of your bankroll the night before, it wouldn't always result in dropping your total entry amount for the night. Uh, yeah, so I definitely agree with this. So what I would do is just like have up a Word uh, Excel file, something super basic, keep on your computer, and then you just have like your total bankroll, and then say, you know, 5,000, right? And then you just have uh, 2%, 5%, and then you just do a calculation, right? So then I would do equals total bankroll times 0 0.02. And then I would do, you know, equals total bankroll times 0.05 and then boom now you know you need to be within this within this range right and if you guys can't see it I'll, I'll blow it up here but just something super basic like that where you can come in here every night and just update this number right so look at how much money you have in your FanDuel account look at how much money you have you know in your DraftKings account your owner's box account your Yahoo account uh whatever bankroll that you keep elsewhere just keep track of it you know do a quick addition in the morning Oh, I lost $300. Okay. Bankroll's 4,700 now. And then these numbers will just update for you. And then now, you know, your own, your new bounds, but like, yeah, like 2.5 to 5% is your active bankroll on any day. It's not like this number that you set at the beginning of the season. Um, at least that's not the way that I would use it. So yeah, something super basic, just like that, where you just plug and play. And then you have that information at your disposal for the rest of the season, for sure. And then uh, what kind of bankroll do you need where paying for ultimate makes sense? Um, I don't know if this is bankroll specific. I think that this is a little more like, hey, how much money are you playing in a month? Because they say that, you know, the at the higher stakes at, you know, all the contests above $5, like the best players are making about like 10%. But I've heard you can make about, you know, 30% in contests under $3 at like the low stakes. So you know, if you're only playing every single Sunday, well, you know, you have to look at how much action you're getting down in a calendar month and then what percentage that comes out to, right? But if you're playing every single day, if you're playing NBA seven days a week, you know, plus NFL, plus hockey, well, now you're getting a lot more money down, right? So then your the percentage of your return is going to depend on how much you play in theory here, right? So it really comes down to, well, hey, how much bankroll are you playing and how often are you playing, you know, each and every day? So 
I would consider those things, but then you could do some type of calculation like, okay, you know, I'm getting this much volume down a month. It's really like, that's what I would consider. Like, Hey, my bankroll allows me to get this much volume down in a month. And then at this much volume down, if I expect like a, you know, 15% return, then I can expect this much return. And then will that pay for ultimate and make me profitable on top of that? Will it not? So I would do something along those lines, but it really comes down to how much volume you're playing. So that is a big key to that question. All right. Bill's Nut said, what are those who consistently do well in NBA doing that the rest of us aren't? Are they limiting player pool size? Are they using only players with a certain projection usage or fantasy point per minute? Are they capping exposures? I'm trying to dial in on other strategies I can use that go beyond the process you and Jordan have described. Keep in mind that I did not have I did not watch NBA, so I do not have any opinion about how much an individual player I would want. I know a guy on another side who wins consistently and says he knows nothing about NBA and that it's all about projections and DFS strategy. Of course, he doesn't talk about the strategy. What is your opinion on this? Uh, yeah, so one thing I would say is that, you know, um, keyword here consistently, like, uh, you know, that's definitely like up for interpretation. Uh, you know, consistently could be, hey, I win every season, uh, you know, versus hey i win every day right so so be cautious of your of how you are interpreting the word consistent um you know i i would say that you know one of the best nba players dfs players is petty theft right i've heard petty say on a show that he's gone on a high six-figure downswing so imagine you know losing nine hundred thousand dollars like i would say that you know petty is still a top nba player but downswings happen right so so consistently can can is probably better used like long term, like on a season by season basis. So be careful with that. Uh, the truth is people are doing different things, right? And what I like to say is that there is more than one path to victory. There is not just a single road that winners travel on. And you see this across the industry. You see people who are very into the data and very data driven and using models and and advanced, you know, uh, mechanics, maybe somebody like nerdy tenor. And then you see people who are a lot more like, uh, qualitative and watching games and paying attention and, and are real like tape grinders, maybe somebody more like, like run pure sports, like big T, uh, you know, super like, uh, no ball type of guy. So all of these players, you know, are winning players and they just come at it from different angles. So like, there are some people who like to cap exposures and are winners. There are some people who don't like to do that and are winners. Like you really just have to kind of find out what works for you. And that's why I think writing down your process and objectively analyzing your SIM ROI day after day and refining your process is going to be one of the best ways to hold yourself accountable. Make sure you're doing the same things over and over. So you get those data points about how you're doing, and then you can adjust from there. So it's definitely an iterative process that you have to go over and over but like I said, there's more than one path to victory. Don't think you just have to do one specific thing to be a winning DFS player. And then remember that graph I showed you guys really only takes one bink in a season to turn you from a losing player to a winning player. So bankroll management contest selection, super important. All right. Question from Ghost. Before NBA lock, would you say it's okay to focus more on the exposures from players from the first wave and less about players that start later because we are able to late swap them into our lineups? Also, when 
I am in the late spot menu. I cannot see my original build lineups. Sometimes this worries that it's not doing what is intended. Is this not a problem? Okay, so good question. And yes, I agree with you that it is better, a better source of your time to focus on the exposures for the games that are going to launch. Make sure that those exposures are what you want and you can figure out the rest later. Like I, I'm a big proponent for that. Like you're usually always in a crunch at NBA. So, you know, when there's only one game at lock, you don't need to dial in your exposures for all these other games. They don't need to be perfect. What you need to make sure is that the players you are getting to from this Toronto Orlando game are at the rate that you want and are the players that you want to see in your lineup. And you know, you're, you're not seeing the players you don't want to see. So spend your time looking at this, figure out the rest later. I, I think that's a totally fine way to go about this because then you're just unlocking another 30 minutes to dial in the rest of your process. And maybe there was late breaking news for this game. So just focus on that game, figure out the rest later. Definitely agree with that. And then if you want to see your original lineups here, uh, we did a demo on this a couple weeks back. I don't have an active slate here to show you guys this, but basically when you are in late swap here, okay? So when you're in late swap, if you click the compact lineup mode, it's going to show you your original lineup and then all the different iterations. So I'm not in late swap mode right now, but if I were to do this, I would click view compact lineups. And then what this will look like is you will have a, you will have a contest and then you'll have a drop down. And then within the contest is a bunch of different lineups. And then within each lineup, you're going to see different variations of the lineup that you can swap to. So I think we did a demo on like November 10th here in office hours where I showed you guys this. If anybody like has that link, that's like super helpful. But let's see, how many days ago was that? Uh, let's see, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 days. Okay, right here, a walkthrough of NBA late swap. So if you go check out this video here, and I don't want the sound to play. So what you're going to see when we get into this. So this was late swap. Okay, so you're seeing that there's a contest drop down, right? So this is a single contest, the dime. And then when I open it, I'm going to have a lineup for the dime, which is the lineup that I played. And then within that drop down, there are going to be all the different child versions of the parent lineup that are the swap options here. So this is what it looks like. So use that compact lineup mode if you want to see your original lineup rather than just a list of the new lineups. And that's how you will do it. Okay. Uh, missed this one yesterday here because we were busy, but happy to talk about it. Guy Will Gamble said, how would you apply the DFS profit plan to NHL tonight if you were choosing what contest to enter and how to allocate across single entry slash MME contests up, uh, you know, NHL lobby is like definitely a little bit different, uh, you know, not as like healthy as like some other sports. So you're going to have to make some choices here. Uh, one thing that I would suggest is that, you know, if you get to a point where you've entered like all the best contests under $3, you still have some bankroll left. You're not sure what you want to do. Go check other sites. Owner's box has NHL contests. FanDuel has NHL contests. I do not know if Yahoo does, but those are two sites you know, owner's box is definitely softer. FanDuel still has con still has uh, 
guidelines as to you know what contest all the sharks can play like sharks can't play contests under three dollars here there's like a threshold there as well so you know if you find yourself in a spot where like hey i played the best contest i don't really know what else to play go check other sites and start playing on those sites as well and continuing to get in the best contest possible all right next question here Andrew, can you discuss some pointers on using Saberson for a three-game NFL slate? Uh, yeah, you know, I think Thanksgiving slates are, like, one of the funnest slates of the year uh, just because, you know, you're, like, having some good food and, you know, you get to watch football. And it's just, like, a ton of fun, like, football all day long. So I, I absolutely love Thanksgiving slate. I probably end up entering too much each and every year. So, uh, you know, remember, it's, it's still, like, a very small slate, a lot of high variance here. And there's still a main slate on Sunday. So uh, one thing that that I'm looking at, right, are the build settings here. So what you're going to see is that correlation is like kind of lower than normal, right? Usually correlation is like five or six. And then sim diversity is higher, right? Usually sim diversity is like, you'll see like five, seven, six, seven, something like that normally on like a Sunday main slate. Well, here correlation goes down and sim diversity goes up. Why is that? It's because there's less games on the slate. So we want to be focusing on more information from the play-by-play -play sims with low levels of correlation, uh, boosting those players, and then high sim diversity, small buckets of sims with where players can have a lot of upside, even if they don't grade out well, by average projection. So like those are the things, like the, the sliders are going to tell me what it's trying to do for this slate. So I'm just interpreting the sliders because I can, you know, understand what it's trying to say so like that's what this, the sliders are always telling you a story about how saber sim is approaching this slate so what i would say is don't be afraid to get to play plays that may not grade out well on a point per dollar basis on a value basis etc here uh you're looking for you know some upside from players here right so don't don't be afraid to you know spread it around i think that you know defenses are like Always a very interesting spot that a lot of people talk about where, uh, you know, defense is like super high variance, right? So like if I saw something like this where I'm just getting like a ton of commanders and like not that much else, one thing that I'm looking at is my pool exposure, right? It's like, hey, you know, uh, I'm not having any defense over 36%, maybe 60, you know, pushing 2x is like a little much for me. So I'm trying to find ways to balance my portfolio. I'm trying to find ways to you know, manage my risk, but ultimately I'm still letting SaberSim drive as far as what lineups is trying to build. And then I'm just trying to manage my risk from there. So I, I still think that is a solid approach for even a small three game NFL slate. All right. Motown said, can you show me a way to, to where I can sort lineups by standard deviation or how I can set it as a rule? Um, I am not sure about this. So one thing I want to check, if I download my pool, I want to see if there is a standard deviation column in here. Because if there is not, then you cannot do that. So there's, there's a contest sim standard standard deviation, which is one option here, but I see that you're on the standard plan. So that's not a great option for you. Um, I will have to ask 
and I can respond to you in Discord. So we have player standard deviations. Like if you download the player table, you're going to see that here. Scroll over to the right. Uh, DK standard deviation, FanDuel standard deviation on a player basis. But I don't see it for the lineups outside of the contest sim. So you see contest sim, you're going to see ROI standard deviation here. So that's one option. But let me see if I can get a resource for you. And I will provide you an answer in the Discord. All right. Question from Sammy. A few more questions here in the Discord, guys. And then we will jump over to the YouTube chat. Appreciate everybody's patience in the YouTube chat while we work through these Discord questions. All right. Sammy said, what is the reason why every once in a while I get ROI and slash or risk-adjusted ROI with minus 100% and it does not matter what I do. It stays that way so far. It has done this with 150 max, but it hasn't done it with the rest. 20 max, three max, single entry, sometimes with rules, but as of late, only a couple bumps in projection for DK. None for FanDuel thinks, is it still effective or even advantageous using GL mean with contest sims in the showdown and non-binary sports? Um, okay, so a couple questions here, a couple things to unpack. Honestly, I, I think that, you know, lineups that are grading out like negative 100% ROI. Uh, that's probably more common in the live sim than like in, in a regular contest sim, like that would mean in a hundred percent of the hundred thousand sims that a lineup didn't cash. That's like incredibly low. So like, let's sort by ROI and then let's, let's see what the lowest ROI lineup is. And that's like kind of interesting, like a 0% ROI, but like, why don't I see any negative ROIs? Oh, it's because I filtered, duh. I already did the filter to get rid of the negative ones. So my bad on that one. Um, but, but really, you know, even if I go to the trash and then come in here and look, So negative 0.2, let's go to the worst. Okay, yeah, see, like negative 97.3, that means that this lineup had a very low cash rate, but it doesn't mean it never cashed. I think what can happen in the live sim, the builder can get to a point where like, hey, this lineup is just, this lineup is done. Like you had too many guys score low. You had, you know, injuries. You know, you had Joe Burrow in your lineup and he got hurt. Uh, you know, you had so-and-so and they got hurt. You had, you had A-chan, right? So like, in the live sim, you might see lineups that have just like a negative 100% ROI. Like at that point in the slate, the builder is like, yeah, there's just like no way to get this lineup to cash. But you probably shouldn't see that in the pre-contest sim. You should see, you know, some amount of caches for a given lineup over 100,000 contest simulation. And then next question was, is it advantageous using GeoMean with contest sims in Showdown? Uh, I definitely think so. And the reason for that is because... In our field lineups, there are 10,000 field lineups. But if you're playing any contest with more lineups than that, then I think it's a good idea to start using GeoMean to take into account how big your contest actually is. So for that reason specifically, I think using Geometric Mean is still important in showdowns. All right, KJ said, 
Best sorting method during late swap for NBA. Should I prioritize win rate, cash rate, ROI, risk adjusted ROI, or overall highest projected score? Interesting lineups based on each sorting method. Uh, yeah, I was having a conversation with somebody about this in support the other day. And I would start out with risk adjusted ROI for sure. But I think that there is an argument to be made that as the night goes on, you can probably just use ROI. And basically what you're trying to say is like, hey, I at this point, I want to optimize for the highest returns. And the reason I say that is because so much of your lineup has locked. If you are live for first place, you know, I'm not really optimizing for like second or third. I, I would rather just try and go all in and try and get to the bank. So I'm not opposed to using ROI later in the slate. But I would stick with risk-adjusted ROI or ROI, depending where you're at. So, like, a good example for, like, this NFL slate, I would, if I were to swap, I would probably use risk-adjusted ROI between the first game and the second game. I might use regular ROI leading into the last game of the slate here. I think that's a fine option. All right, this is our last question in the Discord, and then we're going to jump over to the YouTube chat. Walsey said, new member, trying to project dupes for NFL showdown. Two questions. Do the number of dupes in the Sims evolve as it's closer to lock, or is it always static? In general, do you have any guidance on how often the 0-2 to two projected dupe lineups could be drastically different for showdown, say when a user makes minimal adjustments to the Sabres and projections, and the contest sim for the big GPPs? Okay, great question. Happy to have you here. Glad you found our show. So this kind of builds on the last question I was answering from Sammy here, is that you know, the dupes lineup metric that you see here. So what happens in our ownership build? So remember that our ownership projections are the exposures from a build. So if you go to contests, you close all this, we have the field lineup. So you can click on any of these. These are how we generate our ownership projections. You're going to see these lineups and then you're going to see the exposures. And then if you bounce back and forth, you're going to see that these exposures match the ownership. Okay. And right now I'm looking at the flagship MME. So then if I go back here and then I go look at CD lamb, okay, boom, same, same value here in the, my own column. So that's where our exposures are coming from. So then what happens is in that ownership build, we have 10,000 lineups. When we build the ownership build, if a lineup comes up more than one time, we allow that lineup to be put into the ownership build. When we run your lineups, we do not allow that to happen. We only want to give you a lineup a single time here. So there's a small difference there. So when you run the contest sim, you might see that a lineup is duped five times. That means that in the ownership build, that lineup is in there five times. In your pool, it's only in there once. So that is only within the 10,000 field lineups. If you guys are looking for a breakdown on the dupes metric, by the way, I do have a sweet video about that. So we go to help, go down to frequently asked questions, and then you type in dupes. What is the dupes contest metric? Okay, so this is a short four-minute video, kind of breaks it all down for you. So I just want to make sure you guys have this resource here. And then I see another question that just came in, which I'm just going to post this as well. I have this other video. What do ROI and RAROI mean? So talking about each of them and then talking about the differences here as well. So it's going to put these resources in the chat here while we jump back in. So 
So the question was, you know, do the number of dupes in the Sims evolve as you get closer to lock? Uh, it depends on your lineups, right? So the field lineups are static unless ownership changes. So that's why we have this ownership timestamp. So when the ownership updates, that means the field lineups updated. And then depending on when the last time the field lineups updated, there are going to be new lineups where you might have different number of dupes. So yes, it can definitely change. And then do I have any guidance? So I would, you, you could use the dupes metric, but you could also use geometric mean here, which I really like in general here. And then if you go into our help, you type in geometric, you're going to get this article that basically walks through an example of why it's important, what the differences are between some ownership, product ownership, geometric mean, and how to apply it in the app across standard plan, pro plan, ultimate plan, et cetera here. So check out that video and tutorial. All right, good question. All those links are in the chat and I'm jumping over to the YouTube chat. Question, what is everything included in the standard subscription of what are projections and lineups built based off of? Thank you. Okay, so if you want to see the plan differences, go over to my account or actually go over to go to um, SaberSim pricing, I believe. So let me pull that up. So if you go to SaberSim here, you go to saversim.com, you go to pricing. It's going to tell you everything you need to know. So, hey, this is everything that comes with standard. You're going to get everything in the standard plus these additional things. And then you're going to get, and then for ultimate, you're going to get everything in standard and pro plus these additional things. So check out this pricing page. It'll give you all the details you need to know about the different sites, and about the different, different subscription levels. And then the projections are based off of our play-by-play -play simulations. So what we're doing is we are running play-by-play -play simulations from the ground up for every game on the slate. We are playing out that game 5,000 times here. And then we are coming up with all of the projections, all of the percentiles, all of the detailed stats about how these players did in our sims. You can click on any individual player and you're going to see a graph here basically showing you how this player did across all of the simulations. So what we're saying is that, hey, CD Lamb scored about 30 points 13% of the time. And then you can, you know, go and see how he did at his highest ranges, how he did at his lowest ranges. And then the, this information is summarized in these percentiles over here on the screen. So play-by-play -play simulations. You're also going to see the correlations. Like, hey, when CD Lamb does good, Dak Prescott does good. When CD Lamb does good, Sam Howell does good, which is interesting, right? Uh, not as good as Dak, but it makes sense, right? If Sam Howell is having a good game, probably means that the Cowboys are passing or that if the if CD Lamb is scoring, then Washington's going to need to pass to keep up. So definitely makes sense what some of those correlations that you see, not only to the players on his team, but to the players in the game as a whole. Uh, Bryce said it's site down, can't pull it up on three different browsers. So, I mean, I'm using it right now. It, everything seems okay. If you guys are running into a problem, send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Uh, also, you know, one thing that can happen, make sure that you have a slate selected up here in the top left. Make sure you have a date. So go to all slates. Make sure you have a date, a sport, and a site. And then once all three of those things are selected, you will see a drop down of slate options for the day. So make sure that that those are all selected. All right, next question from Stanley. Is it beneficial to add correlation rules or will that take away from the Sims, for example, Max 2 of Levine, DeRozan, Vujicic? Uh, so, so one thing that I like to do here 
is just go and look at what the correlations of these players are by default here. So what I would do is go to the NBA slate for today. And we're just going to let this load. And then if I go to, uh, we'll use another example. Maybe we use like LeBron AD, right? So if I go to LeBron and I go and look at his correlations. So what I'm going to see is that LeBron and AD, two high-priced, high fantasy point players, are, are highly negatively correlated to one another. LeBron, when LeBron does well, AD is his worst correlation. And that makes sense, right? Uh, if LeBron has the ball in his hands, that means the ball is not in AD's hands. So these players correlate poorly. Sabersam understands this and takes this into account. And then depending on the slate context, Sabersam is going to say, hey, you know, we should take this into account this much. We should take this into account that much. So the correlation is being taken into account. Sabersam doesn't think correlation is super high for this slate. Um, you know, on a five-game slate, you know, not super important, uh, very low value here. But our sliders are, you know, set to where they are based on our contest backtesting here. So Sabersim is understanding where you're coming from and doing that based on the Sims, there might be Sims where it's okay to play both of them, like they both got there. So you don't have to set those hard and fast rules. You can if you want to, but understand that Sabersim is accounting for those things as well. John said, in general, do you have any guidance on how often the 0-2 to two projected... Okay, we did answer this one. Uh, Stanley said, let's say I build a set of lineups, add them to the entries and download those entries, then I build a new set of lineups, but would like to go back to the previous build. I'd like to go back so I can create a late swap with all of my edits. Okay, so then I build a new set of lineups but would like to go back to the previous build. I'd like to go back so I can create a late swap with all of my edits. Okay, so maybe I'm not completely following you here, but it sounds like you have a build, you build lineups, you fill those entries. And then you go to a second build, you build lineups, you fill those entries. So when you go to click on late swap, what will happen is it will ask you which contests you want to late swap. If you click all of them, leave all of them selected, then you're going to late swap them all at once. That's the same whether you use the double-sided arrow or if you use the right-click option. It'll tell you which contest you want to do. So whether or not you want to late swap them all together, you can decide if you want to clone one build or another, or if you want to start completely fresh and do them all at once, or if you want to do two separate late swaps from the two sets of lineups that you did, you just select the contest that you want to late swap for and then do the second set. So you do have options here. Let me know if I'm not answering your question. EK said, what is the difference between ROI and Saber score? ROI from Saber score, is there a big difference? I don't have the option for risk adjusted ROI. Thank you. Uh, so if you run a contest sim, you should definitely get all of the metrics returned here. So just go to the lineup sorting dropdown. Like in the lineups tab, I'm going to go to the dropdown. And then I'm going to open up this flagship MME. And then I'm going to see that I have six different options here. So, so go there. You should, if you have one of them, you should have all of them for sure. 
The difference between Sabre score and ROI, what I like to say is that Sabre score is like the 80-20 of, of contest sims because contest sims are as specific as they get on a contest-by-contest contest basis. You can set them up and run them. Sabre score makes a lot more assumptions because it's trying to cast a wider net. So it's like it's grouping all of the large slate 100 to 1K entries. Like this is not accounting for stakes, entry fee, et cetera here, right? So like that is where SaberSim casts its net on the entry fee on the stakes. What contest sims do is they take into account the contest size exactly, not this range of 100 to 1K. It could be 101, it could be 250, it could be 672, doesn't matter. Contest sims are going to know that exactly. It's going to know the exact payout structure. And then it's going to know what the stakes are and how good these, these uh, opponents are supposed to be as far as what they're most likely to do with their exposures and stacks, et cetera, here. So Sabre score built on top of contest sims makes more assumptions. Contest sims are as specific as you can get. And then I did provide that resource. Um, and then we also have one on Sabre score as well. So if you come in here and search Sabre score, you're going to see what is Sabre score. I'll provide that as well. All right. What I mean is that I don't have the option to choose ROI. However, I was told to use Sabre score. I don't have the flagship MME. Thanks. Is it because of my membership? Um, so the contest sims are only available on the ultimate membership here. So if you're not on ultimate, then you won't have the contest sims. But like I said, I think Sabre score is still very good. And remember, it was built on top of contest sims. So it is the 80-20 of the contest sims. But we are all caught up in questions in both the Discord and the YouTube chat. Appreciate you guys tuning in today. I know we had a lot to catch up on with not answering your guys' questions yesterday with doing the live show, so I was happy to stick around and answer your guys' questions. Uh, tomorrow is our last show of the week. We will not have office hours on Thursday or Friday of this week, and we will be back Monday. So if you guys have questions heading into the weekend, tomorrow is the day to get those asked and answered. So until tomorrow, guys, appreciate you tuning in. Take care. Good luck. Thanks.